Hey guys. Welcome to another episode of Pew Time with Tony. And Jackie. And if you can't tell already, one of us is recovering from a very interesting sick time. Yeah, we both had like really bad head colds for what seems like forever. Uh, It was like a, what, a week and a half. You got sick three days in, I got sick. I'm pretty much recovered. Just on the tail end of it, and you are still on the struggle bus. No, I feel like I'm recovered. I just feel like it affected my voice a lot more. Mm-hmm. But I was losing my voice even prior to last weekend. I kind of already had, like, it was from our trip, actually. Back from our trip. I did a lot of talking mm-hmm. to people, and I think that was just exacerbated with all the coughing. and. Yep. So, if it sounds a little different, or if you hear cough drops clinking against teeth, or a lot of liquid being drank, I apologize, but that's the only way where we're making it through this podcast. Yep. And this podcast is late because of Jackie, because she was sick to the point of she wasn't getting out of bed. Yeah, I think Sunday and Monday, I was awake each day for a total of like four hours combined. Yeah. And that was basically just mm, oatmeal, num-nums, night-night. Right. Mm, applesauce, num-nums, night-night. <laughs> well, <clears throat> we're back now. Ish. Backish, yeah. Yeah. Jumping to gun news real quick. There's not much to talk about. Uh, Gerson has a new product launch that came out on the second, and that is another variation of their high power clone. Right. It's called their lightweight MCP thirty five PI. It is a alloy frame. Weighing in at 1.34 pounds. It is optic ready. They have four different variations of this. You can either get the all black or the two-tone black and like a midnight gray. It's very, very, let's say pretty. I'm trying to say pretty. It's a very pretty color. Almost looks shimmery. Um, so you can get a solid or two-tone and then with or without the rail. So four different ways that that new lightweight model is going to come. Yeah. And they're marketing it as a carryable model. Which is, it's pretty significant weight savings. Mm-hmm. And this has all the same features that the regular ops have. So the flat trigger, the beaver tail, uh, ambi safety, fiber sights. I'm excited to, I'm not, I don't know if I'd ever carry one. But I am hoping to get one of those regular P35s in soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah, I got to handle all, uh, you know, a handful of them, and I like them. Mm-hmm. And then we got to shoot it when we went to Trigger uh, TriggerCon. TriggerCon. Yeah. Yep. That was a good time. <clears throat> uh, next item. It is really not a new product we can tell you anything about because no one knows yet. Uh, Smith & Wesson will be launching a new product on Thursday, October 19th. So next week. Don't know what it is. It probably won't be something we could get in Illinois because fuck Illinois, right? So can we just go down the list and list things we hope it's not? I hope to God it's not another 5.7 pistol. <laughs> I hope it's not another twenty two mag. I hope it's not another shotgun, and I hope it's not another PCC. Yep, that were basically our last four launches outside of the 10mm line. The 10mm line is like the best thing that they've launched in the last two years. So, can we all say what we hope it is? 
Yeah, what do you hope it is? I hope it's a steel frame M&P. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what everyone wants. Yeah. With the price ticket on the aluminum one, can you imagine the leaps and bounds in price that you'd be looking at for a steel one? So here's the problem. They can't fall into the same trap that Walther fell into. This is why the steel frame Q5 failed. Yeah, because it's ludicrously expensive. Yeah, because Walther thought, hey, this gun is worth $1,500. You can't make a striker gun, as even if a, as good of a trigger as the Q5 has, and as good of a trigger as you can put in an M&P, because although Smith may try, they are not Apex. Right. You cannot make them more expensive than the Shadow 2. Right. That's that's the problem. The Shadow 2 is the precedence of steel frame guns. So right. if you're that's your subpar uh, steel frame guns that don't meet or exceed that Shadow 2 standard and quality. I wouldn't even say subpar. And I, w- I would be okay with you being $50, $100 more if it was worth it. If it came with more mags or something like that. Mm-hmm. Get but more value. When you want to go... Oh, no, dude, this is going to be at least a few hundred dollars more. You better show me why. Right. Like, and it better be a damn good reason. Yep. So, we don't know what it's going to be. We know what Tony hopes it's going to be, and we all know what we hope it's not going to be. So, let's see. The regular Smith & Wessons are about 600 bucks, 650 Mm-hmm. The, steel, uh, the, the metals were, what, Nine, nine? Like eight, yeah, eight upper eights, eight eighty nine. Okay. I want to say was MSRP. So high eights, basically nine hundred dollars. So three hundred dollars more. I would say if they came out with an eleven, I think twelve would be the highest. Mm-hmm. If it was a twelve hundred dollar steel frame M and P, they would sell like hotcakes. Oh yeah. But yep. once you start approaching the thirteen, now you're questioning like. Now you're more expensive than a Shadow 2, because you can get Shadow 2s now for like 12 Right. So, and given that market, that's what you're comparing it to. Right. So, and it also depends on, hopefully, my, my fear is they're going to come out with a steel frame, and it's going to be just like the metal to where once you actually strip the frame down, it's not a lot of metal. It's not a lot of metal. So right. you don't get the same amount of weight. So now you're going to have an M&P steel. And that, this is all just theory. You're going to have an M&P steel that instead of being like a 41 to 43 ounce gun is going to be like a 35 ounce gun. Right. Because you're missing a whole big back. Right. Now if they, if on the aluminum, you know, the metal, the regular metal one, if they took away that four different size backstrap feature and made the backstrap like the front strap where it's embedded into it. I'd be down for that. The four different sizes thing is nice, but that's why they had to kind of go around that shape like that. I don't think that's why they had to go around it, because there's there's other things you can do. Look at what Canik's doing. Canik did it. Mm. You mean to tell me Big Blue can't do it? That's true. That doesn't make sense, because even the steel frame did it for Walther. Mm-hmm. That's a wraparound grip. Yeah. So there's ways that they can do it. They just have to attack it the right way. Also, I think the move from Smith & Wesson is official now. I think they've officially moved to the south. Yeah. That move has finally officially happened. Actually, part of that grand opening is part of our shooting sports news here in a second. Huh. That's yeah. what that event was. 
<laughs> so. Um, two other things that I hope to see from Smith for their product launch is, and we talked about this the last time they launched, uh, what was it, the 5.7, I think. Oh, and we Mag was last. were both, yeah, and we were both really, really hoping that they do a revamp on the bodyguard and something different with their 22 pistols. I like the victory. No, not the victory. I'm talking about the MP compact and the MP oh. full size and 22. Maybe a revamp on them. What would you revamp them to? 2.0s. Like just a different texture? Different texture, maybe some upgrades, mm. maybe optic cut. That would be nice. None, I mean, that technology is out there now. None of their MP 22s are optic ready. Yeah, I could see that to keep up with. I wonder how the sales are on like the, the 322 and basically the two competitors. So that would be the 322 and the. Uh, the Taurus TX 22, probably. Uh, oh, mm, no, because that's frame mounted, essentially. Well, barrel mounted. I was thinking of the FN. What's the FN one? The 522? 502. Yeah, so that's another slide mount one. Mm hmm. Is that it? Yes. Uh, shooting sports. Uh, well, I did not make it to nationals because I was sick. Yep. So, womp womp. Yep. Yeah, you would not have. You would not have made it. Like no. you wouldn't. You wouldn't have even made the car ride, let alone pushing and exerting yourself for three days in a row. There ain't no way. All right. Let's run through the standings, and then we'll talk about my lack of journey. <laughs> so, uh, Ironside, Na I mean, Handgun Nationals. Yeah. Uh, 478 competitors. Now, can we put this to bed? Limited 10 is officially not a division. There were three people for Limited 10. There were more people in the accidental open category of... There are five people that were bumped to open. That's hilarious. <laughs> and there were only three limited 10 shooters. So That's funny. Yeah. We need to get rid of limited 10. Right. Make room for the new division. The new kid on the block. Right. So, let's jump in. Limited. We'll do top 16 because it was nationals. We'll just run through 1 through 16. Knock 16 it out, 16 through 1. You Okay. Go ahead. Alright, 16th place we have Braden Ness, 15th James Ramos, 14th Jack Brown, 13th Sean Hines, Sean Hines, 12th Evan Thursby, 11th Justin Larkin, 10th Brody Adkinson, 9th Jonathan Miller, 8th Gorka Ibanez, 7th Travis Tomasi, 6th, Robert Crow, 5th, Gianni Giordano, 4th, Shane Coley, 3rd, John Browning, 2nd, Joey Sauerland, and 1st, Scott Brown. And the ladies were? And the ladies, 3rd was Michaela Hill, 2nd, Candace Giuliano, and 1st place, Jalise Williams. Nice. Special shout out to, uh... Chicago gunslinger godfather Joe Sanchez. <laughs> godfather. <laughs> he took 54th overall in limited. So, congrats, Uncle Joe. 
Next division is limited optics. Yep, limited optics. Uh, I went to 17 just because uh, Isaac Lockwood just barely missed out on top 16. So Isaac Lockwood was 17. Now we're going to go 16 down to first. Caleb Patterson, Daniel Jose. That one would have really messed me up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 14th, Samuel Callahan. 13th, Eric Range Panda Steiner. 12th, Mark Hilge- Hilgas. 11th, Gregory Clement. 10th, Case Ryan. 9th, Sammy Nelson. 8th, Jim Steele. 7th, Andrew Heider from Team MPA. 6th, Cameron Templin. 5th, Nick Walden. 4th, Tom Castro of Tom Castro Shooting Academy. 3rd, Trace Decker. 2nd, Casey Eusebio. 1st, Max Leograndis. Uh, for ladies, we have top six. Sixth place, Michelle Viscuzzi. Fifth, Jennifer Bly. Fourth, Crystal Dunn. Third, Carrie Jarrett. Second, Justine Williams. And first, Jesse Harrison. Oh. My girl. On to production. Sixteenth place, Luke Faust. Fifteenth, Math- Matthew Nash. Fourteenth, Michael Shatilov. 13th, Weston Hensley. 12th, Brett Thomas. 11th, Russell Mansky. 10th, John Treat. 9th, Austin Hall. 8th, Stephen Lutman. 7th, Phil Strader. 6th, Tyler Turner. 5th, Casey Reed. 4th, Mason Lane. 3rd, Brian Giovanni. 2nd, JJ Ricaza. 1st, Nils Jonathan. And for the ladies, we have 5th place, Karina Randall. Fourth, Lise Mahoney. Third, Kaylee Lane. Second, Devin McManus. And first, Ashley Robertson. Previously, Ashley Rook. Yeah, the, the artist previously known as. The artist previously known as Ashley Rook. First place, Lady. Under Revolver. I really didn't even realize there was this many revolver shooters. Uh, but they are more than 16. 16 on down, David Burton. 15th, Kenneth Ortback. 14th, Rick Wise. 13th, David Johnson. 12th, Mike Shaw. 11th, Bill Forbe. 10th, Greg Seymour. Or Craig Seymour. 9th, David Olhasso. 8th, Caleb Higby. 7th, Garen Singleton. 6th, Vincent Gunther. 5th, Jay Slater. 4th, Alex Backen. 3rd, Rich Wolf. 2nd, James McGinty. And 1st, Kind of no surprise, Michael Poggy. Are we still tied up in sixth place? Gunta! <laughs> <laughs> and they also had enough ladies for Revolver. So, third through first, we have Joanne Osol. Second, uh, there's a woman named Donald Rush. Could be. Could be. And first, Janice Nolte. Single stack. Single stack actually had a lot of heat. Uh, quite a few people showed up. So I did the top 18 just because the 17th and 18th people, we know. 18th place, Jonathan. So I can't call him Jonathan. No, it's weird. Yeah. John Fancy Pants McLean. 17th, Leif Kunkel of GX Products. 16th, Jared 
Sasquatch Fox, 15th, Randy Rogers, 14th, Paul Clark Jr., 13th, Richard Alloway, 12th, Brandy Harden, Brady Harden, sorry, 11th, Rafael Fuentes, 10th, Garrett Heinrich, 9th, Timmy the Short One Heron, 8th, Jeremy Reed, 7th, Mike Seeklander, 6th, Henning Walgreen of Henning Group, 5th, Rob the Great One Latham, 4th, my buddy Jeff Coffin, 3rd, John Leaguer, 2nd, Robert um, Caesar. Caesar, yeah. First place, Elias Trangulis. And for ladies, we have M.M. Teal in third, Naomi Moss second, and first place would be Randy Rogers. Congratulations to all the winners and all the participants. At this Nationals, they also had a side match again this year for the Bill Drill. Mm. Which, in case you didn't know, if you're living under a rock that's shot at seven yards, you draw, you shoot six rounds, center mass, and as quickly as possible. And in the past few years, we've seen some wickedly fast times. Mm -hmm. The nice thing about this is that everyone from revolver and single stack all the way up to limited optics could participate. True. <laughs> so the winner of this year, and it was actually sponsored by Colt, and the winner got $5,000. Ooh. So the winner of this year was Isaac Lockwood. He won the bill drill with a clean 1.59 seconds. Jesus. That's impressive. That's, yeah. That's smoking. That is beyond smoking. That's outworldly. Mm-hmm. Sir, what is your name and where, what planet are you from? Right. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that's uh. So there you guys go. The uh, industry standard used to be two seconds. Now it's one point six. Go to work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, other news: Ipsic said no currently to the standard optics division. So there are limited optics. They said no to. Hmm. For now, I don't think it'll be forever. Do they have something similar to carry optics? Production right optics. now, production optics. Um, their production is 15, and their production optics is the same, just with a dot, right? Uh, no. It is... Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, yes. Okay. Possibly. <laughs> uh, in other news, during that Smith & Wesson grand opening you were talking about... Mm hmm to their move to Tennessee, Jerry Michalik was going up there. And he was putting on uh, a bunch of demos all weekend. But he was also going for some records. So he had a max of three attempts. And he needed to draw and knock down six plates on a standard plate rack with a 9mm handgun. At seven yards. At seven yards. His first attempt, he broke the previous record of 205. And he did it in a 201 using a revolver. A revolver. Right. And then with a max of three attempts, must draw 
9mm revolver on his third attempt, he shot it in a 188. Which is... Uh, that's that's smoking. Yeah. So, uh, the man can clearly still yank a trigger. Right. So, congratulations, Jerry. Uh, it was very cool to see the videos. And, uh, yeah, man, you can still rip it. So, our last, we'll say, two weeks in shooting, because <laughs> that was our last episode, was two weeks ago, um, with all of the sicky sicky going around in this house. So, leading up to nationals, uh, last time we talked to you guys, we were talking about, you know, the, all the training you had planned. Um, what did you do prior to getting sick? Uh, dry fire. Quite a bit, too. And some exhausting dry fire, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I was doing some, something I had never done before, uh, I went to a buddy's place and set up uh, full-size stages for dry fire. It was uh, exhausting. <laughs> yeah. So you got to work out, and you got some time in with the gun. Yeah, it was uh, it was a damn good workout, because I was, uh, I had the music playing. I was, you know, feeling it. I was in the groove. I was dripping in sweat. Yeah. It Better was, than a gym session. It was crazy. I do look forward to doing it again. Uh, I shot a practice match at one of the local ranges. And uh, that was fun. Got a little... Uh, that was the one where I realized I should have done a couple more live fire practices. Because mm -hmm. it was a little more on the... Um, I had a little too many Charlies. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this will not do for minor. And uh, then, that weekend, I decided, for the first time ever, I would shoot uh, one of our local outdoor matches as a Saturday-Sunday. And you can shoot two different divisions. And I've never done it before, but I wanted to take advantage of just getting... Uh, more time behind the gun. More time behind the gun. <clears throat> so... And this uh, was one week prior to Nationals. Yeah, one week prior. So, Saturday... I signed up for limited optics. I shot everything cold, the way it's supposed to be done. And I used Bumblebee. I used the yellow platypus. Did pretty good. Uh, had a couple of uh, Charlie's, a little few mistakes here and there, but it wasn't overall it wasn't that bad. I was pretty happy with my performance. And then Sunday, I uh, signed up for open, and I used the blue platypus. Just to get both Genie. guns. Yes, Genie. Just to get both guns, you know, some, basically some hot laps in before Nationals. Mm-hmm. Uh, shot a little... I, I, I shot super consistent. What was it, like, um... Here. It like was the model was with, of consistency. Within, like, a second or so, or I think, or two yeah. seconds, maybe? It was, uh... I'll tell you right now. On day one, I shot 70.18%, and day two, I shot 67.55. So about two and a half percent. Mm-hmm. My total time for day one was 97.91. Day two was 97.43. So a half a second. Yep. 
a half a second difference in overall time across six stages right. from one day to the next. And uh, I shot a little better points. Obviously, it's reflective. So day one, I had 98 alphas, 34 charlies, six deltas, two mics. Day two, I had 86 alpha, 41 charlie, 12 delta, one mic. So, yeah, it was very, very consistent. <laughs> Quite. So that was, a, that was a lot of fun. That was interesting, and that's going to make me want to... I don't know if we'll get any in this year because the weather's changing, but if we do... I would like to shoot uh, day one with like a limited optics gun or a carry optics gun. Mm -hmm. And day two, I would like to go back and shoot, I don't really care what I shoot, open uh, with my carry gun. Mm -hmm. And I want to see the difference. Yeah. Run like stage for stage and yeah. time like you did with the last two. Right. There wasn't even, honestly, there was, you were shooting, you know, one gun takes Sig mags, one gun takes Glock mags, but you were essentially shooting the same gun yeah. uh, both days. So to see that there was almost no variation, uh, nothing speakable, right? Minor. No, it gave me good confirmation that I was indeed in, I don't want to say match mode because there was things I could have changed, but essentially I was comfortable at my pace. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't pushing over hard to have crap ton of mics mm -hmm. and i wasn't uh going super slow right so and i overall at that match i took ninth and tenth so i i would really like to see the results of shooting like a proper match gun versus a carry gun mm. same stages same everything just Two separate days. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited to try it. I think it'll be very cool because it'll probably be, I don't know, whatever gun I decide to shoot on day one will be a, a full size gun of some sort, and then day two will probably be, like a shield plus. Yeah. So. That would be that'll be a really good experiment. I'd like to see the results on that. And you, like a saint. Prepping for my nationals that I didn't go to. Oh my god, I made so many bullets. <laughs> <laughs> it was the we got new a new batch of bullets. Um, that's a we got, that's a very weird statement. What? A bad, well, I shouldn't say a weird statement. It's a very bullets? normal statement for what we got, which was not normal. It was at the end of the season, and we're like, "Oh crap, I need practice ammo." So we did a little tradesies with friends, and. uh we ended up getting uh, not just blue bullets. It was like a mixture of like blue bullets and uh, DG and brass and something else. There, it, yeah. it was like four or five different kinds. Yeah. But there was enough of the blue bullets to make yeah. everything you needed for what we had, you know, stored away for practice stuff, plus enough for the match. Yeah, and don't do what we did. We asked our friends for a recipe. And then she's like, you think that's going to be good? I'm like, well, eh, just crank it up just a little bit. Right. Don't do that. <laughs> no. It was running, I mean, recommended was like a 3.7 or 3.8 grains for that particular bullet weight and overall length. Um, and the uh, better safe than sorry, because I don't remember the last time I loaded 124 grain. Yeah. Or technically, I think they're 125s. But I don't remember the last time I ran those. I mean, 
147 and 145 is basically what we've been running for forever. Right. So I had to ask someone for a recipe. Um, Again, don't do that going into nationals. Yeah. Be more prepared. Uh, so one week prior to when he was supposed to leave, I started making the match ammo, sent him to the range. He ran one mag through the day of the match to make sure that the cranked up ones actually ran through. Uh, I got the text that it was good to go. And so while he was out shooting, I was cranking out more at home. And I loved it for it. <laughs> and now we have lots of ammo to practice with and go to matches with. Mm-hmm. That's true. Now that the season's over. Mm. Yeah. Almost. I mean, we still were lucky enough to have uh, an indoor season. Yeah. Yeah, we can shoot at least at least once a month if we want. Some, You know, depending on where you want to drive, you can get a, maybe two in. Yeah. But uh, actually winding down our season leads me into one of our first questions. Uh, seeing as the outdoor season is coming to a close in your neck of the woods, what are your plans for next year? And plans for the winter. Now, my plans for the winter, I have spent way too many uh, eaves of matches cranking out rounds. I do not want that to happen again this year. I like this So, plan. I am going to, like, I've already set a schedule for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, three days a week, 100 rounds in a session, won't take very long. We can do it while we watch The Voice or... Kitchen Nightmares or whatever it is that we're binging at the moment and just knock out 100 rounds. I want to get 300 rounds done a week and start stockpiling for the end of March, beginning of April, when I actually have the balls to go outside and shoot outside. Because <laughs> it ain't happened until April. <laughs> uh, so that's my plan for prepping for the season. I do want to get dry fire in. Uh, I want to, I mean... Minimum one session a week, you know, where I'm actually putting my rig on. I want to handle my gun and dry fire more frequently than that, but actually putting my rig on once a week is the goal. Uh, I'm still at the downside of my uh, my season's over, so I haven't really committed to the start of the winter season yet. <clears throat> <laughs> and... Although it's not USPSA related, I really want to finish my black powder... Oh, I really want to start. I don't don't give me that look. I said finish, and he rolled his eyes at me. Um, I need to start, and I would like to also have it finished by the end of the season because my excuse is constantly, "Oh, I have all this other stuff to do. I could be dry firing. I could be doing this on my gun. I have to do that on my gun. I have to make ammo." Well, if I don't have the season screaming at me that I have stuff to do, I can absolutely get my project finished. Yes, I have a project. You heard it here first, folks. Yep. The project, I'm ashamed to admit, was an anniversary gift from yours truly, Mr. Mister, uh, many years ago. Underline many. Capitalize it. Many, many, many anniversaries ago. So, uh, I don't have plans for next year yet. It's a little too early for me. Uh, this winter I'll be just dry firing. <laughs> I just had to look it up. It was six years ago. <laughs> wow. Six and a half. 
That was all. Go on. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. I, I am ashamed. I am. I don't believe you. you no one You have you. model cars that you've opened the packages on and started to tinker with and put Incorrect. it back in the box. Never opened them. They're just there. Hmm. I'll find something. <laughs> you've... Go on. Go on. Just finish. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is called deflecting. <laughs> and a pinch of denial. Whatever. <laughs> it's been six years. I, six I and a half. <laughs> I took... The black powder kit out of the original packaging. It's probably rusted by now. It's brass. <laughs> Not all of it's brass. There's parts in there that are steel. No, yeah, the barrel's steel. Yeah, uh, the action. Yeah, they're protected. They're with our other guns, so if they're rusted, so is everything else. Oh. Anyways, I have audacious plans for this rifle, so I'm very excited See, to I do would, it. I would have had the excuse like, no, I can't put it together right now. I gotta wait for it to be weathered and have a lot of patina on it oh to make it look God. really good. But yeah, you're, just... you're like the king of bullshit. That would fly with you for sure. Uh, I'm just going to dry fire when I feel like it uh, for the first part of the winter. And then when I sit down and make my plans, I'm sure we'll talk about it on another episode about what the plans are. Honestly, I don't know what the plans are yet. Yeah. Usually um, somewhere between... Like, the beginning of December and the end of January is when all the matches open up. Or at least are announced. Right. So we'll have a better idea of how full the calendar will be looking this upcoming year. And how soon it'll be starting. Right. I know they've already announced the schedule for nationals for next year. Yeah. I think Carry Optics is in June. June. Um, and then everything else is October, I think. For handgun, at least. So, and they're all over the place. They're in two spots. There's three. Can't well. count multi-gun. No one counts multi-gun. Okay. USPSA barely counts multi-gun. So, Talladega and Ohio. Right. Just carry optics. Carry optics is in Cardinal again. And then everyone else is back at Talladega at the CMP range. I did love that range. It was a beautiful range. Yeah. I would, I'm not, I mean, I didn't get a chance to go to the one in Marengo. Ohio, but I, I I can't imagine that it's more breathtaking of a range than Talladega. It's like, is it more extravagant? Is it? I eight? don't think it's as extravagant, but uh, at least from what I've heard, the Cardinal place is very nice. Yeah, like for it's very big, but it's not like a, an official institution like mm -hmm. the CMP. Mm -hmm. Oh. I'm not disappointed about going to Talladega if we shoot Nationals next year. No. Uh, next question. Do you think limited optics will kill open? This is like a murder mystery. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't believe so. I think that the ooh and ah of the comps and the major ammo and the 170 versus the 140, I think... The ooh and the ah of that, like, formula racing car yeah. type feel. Like, you have the biggest, baddest handgun that, out of anybody here. I don't think that's going anywhere. So, I don't think Open's going anywhere. And, like you said, the, the, the diehards and the people that are drawn to that, that want, you know, the, the fastest, the... You know, the biggest, the best. Mm -hmm. 
the ragged edge of performance will always drift to open. Mm-hmm. What I do think it's going to affect is a new crop of open shooters. I don't think that we're going to see a bunch of people go into open anymore. Because now you can get your very fancy, you know, holy grail gun or dream gun in nine minor, which isn't going to beat it to shit like major. And you can shoot off the shelf ammo, don't have to reload. And you can have just as fancy of a gun minus a comp as an open gun. Right. So I do see it affecting that. Um, Limited optic has a lot of appeal. You know, you can get, you know, a $7,000 Atlas Erebus. I can't remember if the Erebus has the comp. Whatever the island comp one is, or island island barrel slide ride gun. Mm -hmm. And that gun's going to last forever shooting minor through it. Yeah. So people are like, oh, I'm definitely going to spend that. That's the one thing people don't realize in open. You know, once you get into open... And you start really shooting. Like, if you're a guy that shoots a lot, you know, like our buddy Max. I was going to say, look at how many open guns he has right. because they are not going to last forever with major ammo. Right. That's just part of the game. Mm-hmm. And most people aren't prepared to do that. With limited optics, there's a good chance that gun is just going to last forever. Yep, one and done. You got your one gun, you don't need to buy five backups. Right. Not that you need to buy five backup open guns, but you need to, you know, you check them every year. Over the course of seasons and seasons and seasons. You don't have to be as, you know, oh, let me check for cracks. Mm -hmm. Right? Because the chance of you cracking it with a nine major or nine minor is very slim. It's a minor chance. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) So I don't think it's going to kill open. I just think it's going to not have as many people jump the open, jump to the open ship. As much. Mm-hmm. So, maybe not killing it, but killing the ex- any future potential expansion of it. No, because I, I see people with limited optics. There's if you if you look at some of the footage from nationals this year, the guys that shot limited optics like uh, Max, mm-hmm. he shot it like an open gun. Oh, I'm sure. And we're just we're just on the cusp. Of the technology for limited optics guns. I think you're going to see a lot of people play with uh, slide weight, spring weights, progressive spring weights. And you're going to get them shooting as flat as anything else. Mm -hmm. And shooting as fast as any open gun. Yeah. But open still has the bigger mag, the frame on optic, major scoring. So there's still, you know, differences to it. Right. Oh. Uh, we got a, another question, yeah. and that is, help me buy a limited optic gun. I want <laughs> a 2011, but could be open to other options. I have a $3,500 budget. That's a good question. You starting? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so I would get... I, I guess it, like, it really depends on, like, like I, for me, I want a heavy 2011. Okay. Right, so I would want, like, the H-Pro grip 
put on my 2011. So whether that be a staccato or uh, you know, like the EAA 2311, something that's going to have that interchangeable grip module, which I imagine because it's a 2011, the EAA will have yeah, yeah. grip, you know, grip interchangeability. So, well, if you want heavy on the top end of your budget, you'll be at the very, very top at like $3,500. I think you can get an MPA DS9 with a stainless grip, five inch barrel, bull barrel. For like thirty four ninety nine or something. Oh, we're really, we're really skating the line and hoping this guy doesn't have to pay any shipping or yeah. taxes, huh? Well, so and that's the part <laughs> of this budget, like sell your body, sir. <laughs> <laughs> People love feet pics. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. It is thirty five hundred just for the gun. Are you accounting for the fact that you're going to have to replace all mags and get an optic? Right. So, I think at the top end of your budget, otherwise you're you just at shoot MPA. limited for thirty five hundred. Right, see what you there. <laughs> limited minor at that. So, MPA, I think maybe a bull's probably around that price range, but then you get a, a lighter gun. Mm-hmm. I think because I think you're still going to get a plastic grip. I think if I was going to settle for a lighter gun, bull is the only one that I would make that sacrifice for for a competition gun. Yeah. I absolutely love the bull. Like, okay. a lot. Okay. My birthday's in, like, five weeks. That's just... what you want for a limited optics gun? No. <laughs> no, I just want it. Oh. <laughs> I already got my limb ops gun. I love my limb ops gun. Uh, so, I would say that's your top end of your budget. The Gerson 2011, 2311, is actually a good choice. Those are supposed to start at, like, a 1000 mm-hmm. So, now you have options to buy mags and the dot. Yeah, upgrade the your grip to a different grip if you want. Like with the Gersons, is that gun is only coming cut for an RMSC. So you're going to have to either have it cut somewhere else or adapter plate. have an adapter plate made, mm-hmm. which I'm sure people will make for it. Right. But that's how well, that's I mean, going to come apart. I have an adapter plate for my RMSC to an RMR. Right. No, I know they're out there, mm-hmm. but it's, it's just how they... How they're going to fit when you start messing with plates when you need to, like, enlarge the footprint. Right. Uh, honestly, a gun that I would look at, and it may sound like I'm shilling for them, for $3,500, you could almost buy two platypus. Right. Or platypi. Platypi. <laughs> uh, but then no mags, no optics. So, but one you're gun buying... and super cheap. $35 mags right. with $45 extensions. I mean, for your budget, you could factor in a platypus, the red dot, some mags, some extensions, and probably a new holster. Yep. Assuming your mag pouch already works. You know, that that opens up your budget a little bit more. Yeah, then you're like all in for 35 instead of 35 on the gun, and then feet picks for the rest <laughs> uh another option would be the uh, walter q5 not a 2011 but it is a heavy son of a bitch mm-hmm. the canic steel frame only issue is i'm man there's a lot of people having problems with those guns just trying to get them to run mm-hmm. uh to keep you in the 2011 world that's that's gonna be about it yeah i can't think because 
What is a uh, Phoenix Trinity start at? Well, what's the What about the staccatos? What's a so a staccato P? Yeah, you could do that. Staccato like P octa cup is like twenty six. Yeah. So you can go that route if uh, you know twenty eleven mags is also factored into that budget. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah, I don't know how we overlook the staccato. <laughs> but yes, yes, you could. The because we we were going more like metal framed is the ones we were like opened up the discussion with and yeah. well, you know, fantastic plastic over there. What? Oh, the MP. No, you're fantastic plastic, the prodigy. Oh, oh yeah, a yeah. prodigy. Fuck, <laughs> staccato P. Oh, <laughs> no, but the prodigy. That's another good one, and that would still give you plenty of money left over to upgrade the parts that you are. Most certainly going to have to replace that are MIM. Yeah. The ignition parts, uh, the ejectors and stuff like that. Uh, I just looked at Phoenix. If you wanted to get like a H-Duty, you're going to have to up your budget. They start at 3800 Yep, so. Let's assume that's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think... I don't know. That, that kind of lays out your options for it. I really kind of like those. Mm -hmm. I think the Oracle, once it comes out, will be just out of your budget. Yeah. Or just, I'm sorry, just in your budget. Not and the competition they, and they, model. Uh, is it the competition model? I know it comes with a bunch of mags, but I think that one's a little over budget. Yeah, the Pro, I think with the aluminum grip module, or aluminum grip, I think that's going to be right around like 34, mm -hmm. 33, something like that. Yeah. So you could do that. Uh, I would strongly look at, if you want a 2011, start looking. The Grisson we shot was fantastic. It was awesome. Um, I would definitely look there, and it seems like it's going to take most 2011 parts on the market, which is big. That is the downside with, like, the Oracle mm -hmm. or the Platypus. Right. Repaired parts when that time inevitably comes, uh, the platypus, there's only one place They're to get them. They're proprietary. Stuff. Right. Right. And the same thing with Oracle, where the Grisson is offering you, you know, parts availability through aftermarket. From anywhere. Same thing with the Prodigy. So, yeah, I don't know. It, I guess I would tell you to go and try... I mean, if you've shot 2011s before, really, it just depends on who you want to, who you want to dump your money in with. Mm -hmm. That's always the downside with uh, EAA is parts. But if you're getting a gun that can use other parts, right. you don't have to worry about getting parts from EAA. Right. Pick up that thousand dollar right. EAA Gerson 2311. And yeah. please, no one. No one pay over a thousand dollars for them. I really don't want to see what's happening in the car market happen to the gun market. Right. With oh, we're gonna sell this this car for over twenty thousand over sticker. Please don't do this. Right. You see a Grisson twenty three eleven. Oh, that's twelve hundred dollars. No, I'll give you a thousand dollars for it. Right. You know, shops can ask what they want, but if the gun just sits there, they inevitably have to go. Oh, we Shop probably shouldn't sell it for this. All right. And then you know what? You're going to walk in there next time and be having a thousand bucks on it. Right. 
So what would, what would be your top pick for it? What would you tell? I would say the EAA 2311. Really? Just for price, bargain. Obviously, they have good quality on the guns that we've messed around with already. So it's not like uh, an unknown, will it be reliable type thing. You're going to be able to have quick access to parts. You have all that extra money in your budget allotted for your very expensive 2011 magazines. And your optic. So I'm going to tell you either the platypus, which kind of breaks the 2011, I want a 2011 thing, mm-hmm. uh, but take it from someone. Between the two of us, we have just about 17,000 rounds through that platform. Yeah. And they've been flawless. Yeah. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. And the company is a dream to deal with. Uh, the team over there is extremely helpful. Their customer service is top-notch. Mm-hmm. If you don't go that route and you want a traditional 2011, I would tell you, if this is your first toe in the pool, I would tell you to get a Prodigy. The newer Prodigy seem to be working. Uh, save up for repairing parts as they break. But the reason I'm telling you not to go with the Gerson, because you're using it for limited optics is the red dot. You can get a red dot plate, the AOS plate, right away from Springfield. Mm -hmm. It'll take a big dot with that plate. It's going to be a little more challenging with the Grisson, finding one like an adapter and stuff like that. So I would say that one. But if you want a big heavy boy like what Jackie would want, I would tell you really your only option is going to be uh, MPA Mm -hmm. and possibly bull. Yeah. But I would say... Toe in the pool. A platypus is hard to beat. But if you want a 2011, I would say the Prodigy. All right. So, guys, that's it for this episode. You know where to reach us. Pewtimepodcast at gmail.com. For any questions, comments, concerns, CCCs, or if you need help buying a gun, like this person, uh, at Laugh and Load on all the social meds. And uh, my voice is literally fleeting from my body. It is. You're struggling to push this out at the end. So we will see you guys next week. We love you. Love you. Bye.